From bureaucracy's basement to your ears, this is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Tonight, innovative revenue tools, improvement vectors, notify now emergency systems, and so much more. This meeting is now in session. All right. Good greetings. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing quite well. And, yeah. and you are, I, I recognize you, but first, um, we should take attendance. Oh, that's a very good yes. idea. Uh, let's see, we have um, Radon A. Gammon. Radon A. Gammon. Yes, have you, I, I didn't no. see Radon A. Gammon. I didn't see him when I came in. Okay. Um, he's usually storming around the vestibule with the, his sword out and uh, uh, his ray gun. You know, you know, I, I think I'm beginning to think uh, that sounds good, but I think you're making fun of me because I just realized my mistake. I messed up the letters in the, this name. Should be Aiden Morgan. Oh, I wasn't making fun of you. I would never do that, okay. Aiden. Okay, so Aiden Morgan is he here? I yes, you are. That is you. Excellent. Oh, okay, yeah. great. And uh, we've got uh, Lee Dupican. Lee Dupican. Yes, Lee Dupican. The famous chef. Yeah, I, I yeah. Yeah, the great uh, what, what is he doing chef? here? I don't know. Um, I don't see him here, though. Um, well, I guess he didn't show, but I'm here. I'm Paul Deshane. Y you know something? What? I, uh, when I know that I look at Lee Dupican, I, I think that actually might be your name, just with the letters messed up. Actually, Lee and I were um, laughing about that the other day. Of, of course. Yeah, yeah, about how our names were just anagrams of each other's. Did he, did he do something like, oh, I guarantee, like something, <laughs> did, something really actually, terrible yeah. and stereotypical? Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, that Lee, as we like to say. He's a yes. hoot. He's a hoot. Oh. All right. So uh, we have an agenda before us here today, and there are things on it. What? Um, where are we starting? Uh, well, I believe first we have an improvement vector candidate. Get out. Uh, her name is, uh, according to my notes, Muriel Dunley from the Creationist City Center downtown. Ooh. Yeah. So it's nice that we have somebody uh, interested in talking about creationism. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Creationism, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I, I don't even think your anagram's even close, is it? Uh, oh, did, did I did, did I mis no. did I mispronounce your name? Yes, oh. actually. Oh no! Oh well. Right, so then, what, how, then who exactly are you, and how did you get down here? My name is Marion Donnelly, and I'm not sure how I got in this spot. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is hard. Like people I, often, they they approach the building and then they they kind of like. I, maybe there's some fumes that are a little fuzzy <laughs> than they're in this room. And I run the Creative City Center. We we don't do a lot of creationism. Oh. But we're very creative. Oh, that's oh. good. Do you cre do creationizing? Uh, possibly in some of those studios behind closed doors. But, oh. um, you know, mostly we just make art. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Marion. Yes, Paul. What is this think, Creative City Center? I think her name is Muriel. My notes say Muriel. Oh, Marion. Oh, Marion. M A R. I was, see, I was paying attention. You have to. You have to tell me not to look at my notes after yeah. I've been corrected. Otherwise, <laughs> I just. I just revert. And it's Marion with an A. With an A. Marian. M A R I A N. I A N. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, now I know. Yeah. So, what is the Creative City Center then, if it has nothing to do with creationism? Creative City Center is a fantastic space. It's two floors above what is now the Capitol Jazz Bar and Tapas Lounge at eighteen forty-three Hamilton Street. On the second floor, we have uh, the Articulate Ink Printmaking Collective, 
um, who are a wonderful collective of young printmakers uh, who are taking over the province. And they do like posters and T-shirts for posters pretty much everybody. Posters and T-shirts and album covers and pennants and whatever you need, they can they can do it. Business cards, wh- whatever. Mm-hmm. Art plus all those commercial things. They also make art prints and buttons cool. and whatever. Um, up on the third floor, we have some artist studio spaces. Brendan Sheck, who just had his opening last night at the uh, Art Gallery of Regina, is one of our mm-hmm. studio artists. We have a company called Two Hearts Media. They do uh, video and uh, post-production editing and things like that. Colby Richardson is the third um, artist that we have in one of our studio spaces. But he's just told me he's moving to Winnipeg. Oh, what? no. We're going to lose Colby Richardson. He's like, you know, a he's guy really here. He's just so good here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sad to see Colby go. So I'll be looking for a new artist to to move into his space. And then we're actually moving our offices from the third floor down to the second floor so that we can have more artist studio spaces up on the uh, third floor. Right, so you can be closer to the Capitol. Yes, we're getting closer. But uh, we also have the Hague Gallery up on the third floor, which is uh, an art gallery, but it's also our performance venue. So we host a lot of... uh, spoken word events and music concerts and and uh, film screenings and we do a lot of workshops there like pretty much whatever anybody wants to do we we try to make uh, find a way to make it happen so for example somebody came to us and said hey i'd like to do a guitar jam and workshop there could we do it and we said yes and we've now done three uh it's now become a monthly thing a guitar jam uh and and they're great you know it's mm. it's great to see people come together to to learn and share their art and yeah. and do things, and we're we're celebrating our fifth birthday. That's pretty cool. It's oh. amazing. I can't believe five years has gone by so quickly. Yeah. So base. So what you're saying then is that you're basically an office tower for beatniks. Well, with stuff. Uh, Colby's probably the only beatnik of the bunch. Oh, yeah. Um. Uh. You know, artists come in all shapes and sizes. Yeah. Uh. And genres, Um, but I wouldn't call this an office tower. (laughs) Three stories. We're surrounded by office towers now. We used to we used to not be surrounded by office towers, but now we have a a new office tower directly across the street from us. There's a lot of glass and steel, like on that block. On that block, there's so much more than there was five years ago. There's two new office towers that weren't there five years ago. Yeah. Um, Okay, so tell me about the. the anniversary. This is pretty cool that you were able to like make something like this go for five years. I'm so, like so surprised that we're still alive. So we're actually calling the party Five Alive. Um, you know, just because we've survived. Uh, yeah, I mean, like we we still don't really get a significant amount of of funding. Um, so we survive really on the strength of our volunteers and uh, and because I'm able to make a living doing other things, I I don't always take a salary from there. Um, mm. So that helps, you know, when you're able to have somebody run a space without having to pay them. That that helps. But but the plan was never for me to be the person running the space. The plan was always for us to get this thing up and running and have younger people running the space. Like I'm just too damn old for this stuff, right? <laughs> and uh, for me to be like I I don't want to be 60 years old and schlepping beer up the stairs, you know, 
because we don't have an elevator. So when we buy right. beer, we have to schlep it up the stairs. And you need a young manager. Who's willing uh, to I need a beer. young manager exactly. who's who's capable of schlepping you beer, like at the taking top and just drink the beer. Well, sure, you know, or come now and then for a show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, or just or just permanently just have a chair there where you sip beer and berate. You're the manager coming up. Yeah. For not getting the beer. We, we actually tried to put a chairlift in because oh. we thought, well, then we could put beer on the chairlift and send it up the stairs. But um, we were turned down by the city of Regina for a building permit uh, to install this chairlift. Wouldn't it make yeah. you more accessible? Isn't that a good thing? Yeah, it'd be a great thing. But our stairwell is four inches too narrow. Wow. To accommodate wow. both a chairlift and a person. This this sounds like a good time to bring this to council because yeah. Councillor Hawkins might just decide that it would infringe on his right of free expression. Yeah, he might so, like make a constitutional challenge for your. Uh, you you, for your you think you think we're making a joke that, that he did this? Listen to last week's last meeting. Week. <laughs> yes, I'm I'm actually just trying to restrain myself from making any comment about Councillor Hawkins. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to use a lot of restraint during this this show. I can tell. He's he's he's, he's our friend and yours, Councillor Hawkins. Yeah, right. He's very much our friend. Um, so, and uh, what are you going to be doing for this anniversary? Well, we're starting the the week uh, Monday, May the ninth is the actual official date that we opened five years ago, um, and we're starting the week with uh, kicking off our new season of the Empty Room uh, video series. Mm. This is a really cool project that uh, Brent Nielsen uh, started up for us. He started it as a volunteer. I don't know if you know Brent, but he was a, a sound technician engineer at CBC Radio until he retired. And, and since then, he's been our volunteer sound technician. Um, but uh, he had this idea for for recording artists. So So last year, we recorded 12 artists, two songs for each artist. And, uh, and we, uh, CBC Radio would, would play the song on, um, Sheila Cole's show in the morning at 8.15 on Monday mornings. And then they would point people to our YouTube video channel to see the video. Oh, nice. And the reason why we do these, we do these videos for, for two reasons. First of all, we really believe in supporting and helping Saskatchewan artists and helping them to market themselves. And, and the second reason is that they're, these videos are fantastic tools for these artists to use in trying to get other shows. You know, so Megan Nash, for example, like tweeted last week about, you know, when she, whenever she tries to get gigs in other cities, she always sends them the video that she did as part of the series, mm -hmm. and she always gets the job. I mean, like, it's a... Nice. The, the beauty of these videos is that there's no overdubs, there's no second takes, it's like one shot, this is it, this is me performing, this is voice guitar, whatever it is. Right. And, and so it's like a real true snapshot of what these artists are capable of doing. So Monday, uh, we're starting season two. We were able to renew the season. So we've got another 12 artists that we're recording two more songs from each of them. It'll be another 24 weeks where we'll, we'll be, uh, showcasing Saskatchewan artists. Uh, Thursday night, we have our, um, girls night out show. Uh, which is another monthly series that we've started up as a way to promote uh, women in the in the music industry, 
And then Friday is our big party. And so Friday we have uh, uh, the opening reception for a new visual art exhibition that's happening. Articulate Inc., who are our tenants on the second floor, they're mm-hmm. opening their retail space. All of the studio uh, artists' studios in the building, they'll all have their doors open so people can pop in and see what they do and how they make their work or make things happen. The Two Hearts Media tenants that I talked about earlier, they're, they're actually going to set their video camera up so people can come in and and we can videotape them, and we want to videotape them saying, hey, I love the Creative City Center because of this, or I performed here and this happened, or I met this person here and that happened, or whatever it is. Uh, we're partly doing that because we want to try to put a clip together to help us with grant applications, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, so there's an ulterior motive to everything we do, but but, uh, but but mostly we just want people to have an opportunity to share about like how, how it's impacted them since we've been open for five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're just going to drink a lot. And, okay. uh, oh, we can support that. Yeah. You know, like uh, I, I didn't want to have performances and, and a whole bunch of stuff going on because then we'd all have to work. And we want this to be a party where we can celebrate all the work that we've been doing for the last five years. Nice. You know, eight years, really, if you count the three years that it took to, to actually make the space happen. But yeah. mm. so, Tell us a little bit about that. I mean, I remember, I remember when you were getting this project off the ground. And mm. it, was, it was a long time in the making. So what was, yeah. what was your inspiration for this, and how did that go? Well, you know, I really got interested in the idea of uh, developing a building. I, I, I took a... I went to a conference in Toronto that was called Creative Places and Spaces, and it was a really fascinating event. There were people from all over the world there, from Brazil, from England, from the States, from, you know, all over Europe. There was like a a big international conference, and everybody was talking about the same thing, that in their cities... Uh, they were all suffering from the donut effect. You know, the big box warehouses had opened up. Right. Their downtown cores were emptying out. All the downtown buildings or smaller districts, you know, were all now empty buildings sitting there getting more derelict as time went by. And, and in every case, they had stopped that from, from ruining their cities by allowing these, uh, buildings to be taken over by artists who would live there and work there. So the idea of live workspaces for artists was sort of what was st- stemming the, the, the tide of decay that was hitting, you know, and, the, mm-hmm. and it was people from England, people from Belgium, people from Germany, like there was everywhere. It was like I thought it was a North American issue, this issue of the, the big box stores, but it's, it's everywhere apparently. Um, and, and, and so I came back, uh, from that conference and, and was at that time, I mean, that was, that was, 12 years ago that I went to that conference and, and at that time like downtown was dead like the leader building was empty there mm-hmm. were boarded up buildings on every block pretty much and and so I walked around downtown and thought you know if we were going to do something what building would we do and I kept coming back to the leader building and I had stood across the street from the leader building I don't know how many times thinking that's the building and and I thought well I'm going to go talk to somebody about this and see what can happen <laughs> and anyhow I mean like I don't want to go on too much detail but uh uh, I did a feasibility study on the leader building. I also uh, incorporated the Legion building into that project. And when I was uh, dealing with the Legion building, my contact for the Legion was Harold Haig. And Harold is, uh, well, he's now 95, so, you know, eight years ago. He's 88 or whatever. Um, but but he also was the guy that owned Logie Shoes with his son Kelly. So, so when the plan fell apart for the leader and the legion building primarily because of the change in government that happened in 2007 mm-hmm. um 
I was thinking, well, what should I do now? And Harold said, well, why don't you look upstairs? Why don't you? We have these two floors above our shoe store that have been sitting empty. And the third floor had literally been sitting empty for 60 years. Oh, like, my Yeah. They had used the second floor as a as a discount shoe store. Um, but, but they hadn't even used that for, I think it was eight years that they hadn't used the second floor either. So... So I worked out a deal with them uh, that in exchange for the work that we were doing to, you know, fix up their building, they would give us free rent for, you know, the equal value. And so I went and borrowed money from people in the community and uh, was able to pay the hard costs of the, the renovation, you know, the plumbing and the electrical and whatever, but all the rest of it, all the cosmetic stuff we did through volunteer uh, support and so it took a while, you know, to get the money in place and to get the renovations done, and so that's why it was. Uh, we we started, you know, that first conversation that I had with them. I took the lease on the building in two thousand October of two thousand eight, and then we opened in in May May ninth of twenty eleven. So mm. it, it was two and a half years before we actually opened the doors. But wow. but uh, you know, I mean, like the city has certainly changed in the five years since we've been open Absolutely. like there's yeah. so much more going on like so many more places that have opened up downtown and stuff like that and it's just really exciting to to see it happen it's really exciting to be part of it mm-hmm. um yeah i should should mention uh that uh, anybody who's listening right now is listening to the queen city improvement bureau on 91.3 fm cjtr regina community radio and we are yeah yeah um so it sounds to me like this isn't this was not like a big money making thing for you. This was Oh, I never did it for the money. There, yeah. I I've never made any I, in fact I put money into it. <laughs> I I've, I've I've invested a fair bit of my own money into this yeah. project and yeah. Yeah. Money and time, I should say, a lot a lot of time. Yeah. So it must be pretty gratifying though to see the downtown sort of come alive after cuz there there was, you know, a few places and you're one of them who kind of planted a seed mm-hmm. in the downtown and it's really kind of come to fruition now mm-hmm. that we're, we're you know those of us who who weren't involved in the planting uh you know we're we're getting to eat some like tasty downtown bread now. Yeah, it's really mm-hmm. exciting. I mean like just, you know, like the events that we do are are certainly not for everybody but but the people that do come i think are really thrilled with the caliber of the event that they're participating in like since we've opened we've actually produced uh we've presented uh, over 200 shows a year in our little 43 seat venue and um uh and and it's just great you know when i think of artists like danny oliver i mean he did one of his first mm-hmm. sets on our stage you know, and he was, I think he was barely 20. And now he's like touring Germany and, yeah. you know, and he's touring 50 across years the old. country. And, well, no, he's not. <laughs> he's now 25. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, yeah, yeah, I know. But like, it's just like, you know, like, it's just so fantastic to, to see, you know, like our space was intended to be an intimate space. It was intended to be a place where people could feel safe, you know, trying mm. something. So, you know, people have tried theatrical shows. They've tried clown shows. They have tried uh, one-woman poetry shows. They have tried, you know, like w- whatever it is that they've wanted to, to try. It's it's so nice to have a, a space where, you know what? Yeah, go for it. We will support you in doing that. We will we will applaud when you're done. You know, mm-hmm. 
Um, and, and then it's great to see those people like trying it at, at our place and then going on and doing it again at the Artesian for a sold out audience or mm-hmm. taking it on the road and touring it across the country, you know, that kind of thing. Like, it's just really exciting to see that happen. And, and at the same time, I've noticed you have some, I mean, some established acts I've seen coming mm-hmm. through. I remember I've seen, for example, just for example, the Wilderness of Manitoba mm-hmm. have come through. So there's a really nice variety and, mm-hmm. uh, and, I've, and the set, but the setting makes it really intimate. Yeah. And, uh, and so it's probably one of my favorite places. We just had uh, Zachary Lucky uh, a couple weeks ago. And in that same week, we also had Sherman Downey, who's from Newfoundland, Hmm. who won the CBC Searchlight competition about two or three years ago. And I mean, like, both these artists, like, they're such high caliber of songwriting and performance and stuff like that. And just to be able to hear them in a venue where, like... You know, you're not competing with the cap- cappuccino machine. You're not, <laughs> you're not competing with the, uh, you know, everybody that's at the back of the bar drinking and they're there to drink and the music is just secondary. Like this is a venue where people come and they are there to watch the music and all eyes are on the stage. Every single artist that has played in our venue has commented on how amazing it is to, to play in a place where people are there to listen to you. Nice. It is. It's great. Yeah. You know? One thing I've been chomping at the bit to ask you about, though. Yes. You were talking earlier about uh, how you have, like, young people coming in. Uh, they get a chance to, like, you know, try something new out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, eventually, you know, this, like, this can spin off into, like, you know, a success further down the line. Mm-hmm. You ran for mayor. Mm-hmm. And uh, you tried that out once, and uh, there's an election coming up. Just, you know, wondering. You know, one of the reasons why I ran for mayor in 2012 was because I, I was actually quite frustrated with the process of trying to develop that building dealing with the city of Regina. Like, it, it just seemed like no matter what I tried to do, I was told no. Right. You know, no. Just like, get out of our office. No, go away. And it was just so frustrating. But I mean, I've also dealt with the city for, for years. I mean, I've been back in Regina for 20 years now, and I've always dealt with the city. Like, you know, one of the first events I did when I moved back here was the Flatland Music Festival. So all of a sudden, mm. I'm thrown into dealing with the city on permits and bylaws and, you know, using the park and all that stuff. So I'm used to dealing with the city. I'm used to dealing with city employees. And I have to say, like, in the in the waning years of Mayor Fiaco's uh, reign, um, I just noticed, like, a, a lot of frustration and a lot of negativity from people that used to love their jobs at City Hall. And all of a sudden, mm. it was just like, they hate their jobs, they hate what's happening, they don't like their bosses, they don't like the, you know, and it was just like, okay, obviously something's wrong there, right? Mm. And I hadn't really decided to run for mayor, uh, but then I went to Michael Fougere's uh, uh, nomination luncheon or announcement thing, whatever, yeah. and, and I left there thinking, where the hell did democracy go? Like, I felt like I had just watched his coronation, you know, like it was just, oh, well, here, you know, Michael, it's, it, now it's yours. Yes. And so I was like, screw that. Like, <laughs> you know, A... This is our city. We need to do, you know, we can do better. Like, people that work at City Hall should not feel uh, that that their job is not important. They should not feel that the work that they're doing, you know, is, is frustrating. Like, the people that work at City Hall, they should be thrilled to be part of the machinery that is making our city function and run and whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So, so that was a huge part of, of why I had decided to run back then. Um, 
I haven't decided yet if I'm going to run again or not this time. I'm I'm feeling really burnt out from the last two elections. Like, hmm. we just come off the provincial mm-hmm. election and the federal election. If anybody knocks on my door again, <laughs> like, you but know. this time you could do the knocking. Well, you can that's knock the thing. Like, the first time, like, when I, when I did that campaign in 2012, like, I actually really enjoyed every part of it. I yeah. really enjoyed the door knocking. I really enjoyed going to senior citizens' homes and talking to people and, you know, like whatever it was that we were doing as part of the campaign, it was actually a lot of fun. I, I, I pretty much enjoyed every part of it. So, so that part doesn't scare me, but, but, but the, like, I'm so tired of people knocking on my door and handing me a brochure. I, 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 I don't know if I want to be that person right now. Like, I, you know, I don't know if we need to have like a summer off or something first. You know, I, I, I don't know maybe if it would make folk s- fest, you'll feel more rejuvenated. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Or maybe like, like I was actually, thinking like you know i just i've just been dealing with the city again because we just put a new bathroom in and 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 i was joking <laughs> with the guy who was coming to inspect you know if he was going to piss me off enough that would make me want to run again you know like <laughs> it was just like tell me no one more time come That's on right. i dare you and you know but, so what was his answer uh he, well, he just laughed too uh, uh, okay. <laughs> and i don't want to get him in trouble you know you know i bet i bet if you had been mayor for this these last few years mm-hmm. the city would actually implement some of the many suggestions for improvement that we regularly yeah. send upstairs well and i just want to say in case anybody upstairs is listening right now yeah we love our jobs we love our jobs we love being down here it's you know the the damp and the the, the, the constant right. dripping is right. we, we love every it, l- it lulls me to sleep the constant dripping yeah. every yeah. night i would like to go home sometime yeah. my wife and children probably miss me <laughs> probably do yeah anyways what do you yes. think um well after evaluating um the interview on like my my matrix uh i'd say yes uh ms donnelly is definitely an improvement vector uh unfortunately mm-hmm. we ran out of printer ink so we could not print off one of your certificates uh but we've put in a requisition and uh, for it an should, octopus for, for an octopus that we yes. can squeeze out yes got it because because actually it takes less time to get the octopus here than it does to get actual printer ink yep so so within well, six to eight weeks yeah. I'll get my certificate. Yes. You will. You know, Definitely. we were we were actually just nominated for uh, a Western Canadian Music Award. You were. Yeah. Okay. For yeah. for community excellence. I don't know what kind of award that is at the music awards to be a community excellence. <laughs> you know, I, I I don't know what that means, but um uh I think we're we actually have a fantastic community of of artists and poets and musicians and writers and all sorts and r- radio personalities oh yes yeah. um yeah. you know so so if if we win i'm going to accept that award on behalf of the community of excellence that we represent right on. fantastic yeah well thanks for coming down yes thank hey you my much. pleasure and is can it, you stick is around it? for the second half yeah well yeah we've we've got uh, we've got to move on with the agenda but if uh, you want to stick around after innovative revenue tools that'd be great do i get to participate absolutely all absolutely. right i'm in yeah. i'm yeah. here i'm so here awesome. okay so next up is innovative revenue tools That's every right. week we look at ways for the city to improve its bottom line by coming up with ways for them to uh, save some money or raise yeah. some money. Or innovate uh, revenue. That is or, the whole point. Or tool the revenue innovatively. Yeah. So what do, you, what do you have? Well, this, this actually is a little unorthodox for my, our, my, our usual innovative revenue tools. Um, this is actually a way of 
I, I don't want to sound radical here, but redistributing a bit of the wealth from some of our wealthier residents to uh, to some of the, like the our lower income residents, uh, and it's basically done. I call this my my pet term for this is the gold standard in which we turn money into uh, liquid, maybe through so actual money being turned into actual yeah, liquid. instead of being measured in like drams or cc's, it will be honey with uh, gold flakes suspended in them. Okay. And the the idea being that when people put this liquid money in their wallets, uh, some of it would squeeze out from the wallets and uh, and trickle down oh. their their pant legs. I call it the trickle down theory. Okay. Of of economics, and and when it, like it hits the sidewalk, um, people with lower income could come along and scrape up what they could. That's brilliant. I think so. This and is a revolution of economics here. I agree. And uh, the other thing we, we can do to add on and actually generate more revenue for the city is with every city service, we offer them a fried egg for $1.50. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yes. You know, <laughs> get, your, you know, get, get your roads plowed with a fried egg on top. Who wouldn't go for that? Exactly. Well, th this is a fantastic innovative revenue tool. I agree. And, um, and uh, you know, if, th if this doesn't catch on, though, we have a, a bunch more Ooh. that we'll try out. Hi, I'm Brandon Wright from Bike Regina. And I'm Sarah Maria DeBees from Bike Regina. And you're listening to... The Queen City Improvement Bureau. On 91.3 CJTR. Regina's Community Radio. And we're back. We are from another whack of fantastic innovative revenue tools I once again they they were they were almost as like innovative and tooly as the one that I put out this week they were yes yeah although not quite you know the revolution in economic theory that you've produced uh, i did a lot of reading a l did it was you? a lot of wikipedia oh really a lot, a lot of skimming of wikipedia oh so i guess you were just like sitting on the adam smith tomes that you had stacked up in your uh, your cubicle yes well you know i they, they took away my chair, so I've been having to sit on uh, the Wealth of Nations. Nice. Yes. <laughs> uh, so uh, next up on the agenda is Outstanding Improvements. And for this one, for, first off, we have the Notify Now Mass Notification System. Yeah. So the city launched that this week. Um, it's a system where if there's like an emergency of some kind, the city can send out these mass notifications to the whole city. So that everybody knows. Now, the catch is you have to sign up for Notify Now. Right. So um, you sign up. You go to uh, regina.ca slash notify now, one word, and you can type in your information. And if there's ever something like, say, uh, example issues would be things like the 2015 water conservation problem, uh, the severe weather warnings that we've had, uh, or more targeted messages about neighborhood-specific evacuations in case a neighborhood ever needs to be evacuated. Um, and then if you're signed up with the Notify Now system, you will get a text message or an email or a phone call. See, I don't understand the I don't understand the, the signing up part of that. Mm -hmm. You know, I I know in in cities in the U.S. You know that that when there's a tornado about to hit, you you get a text message through the via the yeah. phone company, no matter what. You know whether you've signed up or not. Like when like I, I didn't know that you had to sign up for that. Well, maybe what it is is that you get a special message if you've signed right. up. Yeah. One that's more reassuring. You, you, so there would be like the standard <laughs> klaxon that goes off, and then you get a you get a message on your phone saying it's okay, it's just a cyclone, 
But or, it's not as maybe, bad as 1912. Or, or maybe what they do is they give you the real, like, emergency instructions. Like oh, they right. tell you, like, the, the good places to go. Right. Like, yeah. But is there even, like, a an alarm? Like, if there was a tornado coming, like, is, is there an alarm that would go off? You know, like in the... In the old days, when the uh, the air raid sirens would go off, like like, do we have that? Not that. Well, we have a few down here, but that might mean that they've been decommissioned. Right. Yes. Yeah, I'm actually yes. sitting on two right now. Right. Yeah, that's right. Um, another funny thing about this system it it's costing three hundred and twenty thousand dollars, and you know who's footing the bill? The co-op refinery. Well, it's because they're very they're interested in safety. They safety is their business. Yes. Well, it is now. <laughs> it wasn't last year, but now it is. So they're yeah. and, and they're and so they're making sure that everybody is safe from, say, the refinery itself going boom. I don't know. Yeah. But that's well. The worst that's happened lately is that they've lost a rail car. But beyond that, I mean, how big is a rail car anyway? Really? What could? How much damage could that do? Right. Yeah. And depending on like what is what's in it. Yeah. yeah. In the uh, media reports on this, the vice president of refinery operations, Gilbert Lidrasay, um, said that this uh, program is a perfect fit for the company's focus on safety, um, and that they strive every day to keep their workers safe at work. And with this program, they can now keep them safe uh, at I, home. I hope they signed up. It, I bet you it's mandatory. You yeah. would think, yeah. yeah. With that, well, or you know, if you're like so safety minded, you would just sign up automatically. Um, he also, Ledrisse also mentioned that uh, the contribution to this program had absolutely nothing to do with the uh, handful of safety incidents that uh, have occurred at the co-op refinery That's good over the last several decades. Yeah, I believe that. I would expect no less. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. I I didn't see his nose growing at all <laughs> during exactly. that. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, further to your point about there um, not being a more sort of uh, egalitarian uh, system for letting people know that there's like a, a, a big problem looming, uh, we, we, we've got an improvement that we'd like to propose for the uh, Notify Now system. Mm -hmm. uh, we dusted off some old emergency broadcast machines that they have down here in the basement. We've, uh, we've refurbished them, fixed them up, so that we can now integrate them with the Notify Now system. So everybody else will be getting text messages. But, you know, I was thinking, what if you're not on your phone because you're riveted to your radio? Right. Because the Queen City Improvement Bureau meeting is being broadcast. Precisely. So or, you're not, or Big Bang theories on television. Yeah, the phone's ringing. You're not, I'm not picking that up because what's going to happen next in the Queen City Improvement Bureau? Exactly. So we've got our own system now that's, that can be become part of the... Uh, yeah. And so uh, yesterday there was a test of the Notify Now system. So I thought that, you know, during our meeting today, we should test out our new system. I, I agree. Uh, do, you want, do you want me to give it a. I, it's going to take a couple button pushes, it's, but yeah, I can get we'll, it going. We'll try it out. We'll try it out. Okay, you ready? Yep. Okay. Whoa. This machine is really complicated. And. I don't think it's been used since 1954. It really, really hasn't. Oh. Um, hang on a second here. Sing a song or something. Do, 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 oh, very nice. The, the Jeopardy theme is actually very good. Okay. Thanks very much. Okay, now I've got it going. Let's give it a go. This is a test. This is only a test. Emergency. Emergency. Warning to the citizens of Regina. A catastrophic depressurization incident has occurred at the Gold Standard Liquid Money Depot. 
Do not try to collect the funds currently approaching you at 200 miles per hour. Stay indoors until the wave of money has passed. Wow, that was great. Yeah, there, there we go. That's, yeah. uh, I thought that, that would be... That's actually happening, so everybody yeah. stay inside. It was just a test, but it was a... Yeah, it was a little yeah. on the nose for a it was, test. Yeah, it was a little. It just it, it actually it actually just synced up really nicely with my this this you know, wave of money tool. that you're talking about. Like, is that like the economy? Yes, that's the that's economy. Right. That's yes, the, yes. Yeah. So I've I heard mean, about the economy and all the things that it does and the way yeah. it booms. Yeah, the way yes. that it just does crazy things. It's just like clouds of potash. Yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> Boom! Oh, the economy. What has it done? <laughs> it's, it's it's come at you and it's and, and now now it's gone it's it's uh, it's sunk into the ground all right okay so i think you know if we uh, we we may have like more tests this thing's running automatically now so oh okay yeah. so good good yeah. enough okay next on the agenda is uh prayer at the legislature Dear Lord. Yeah. I, I pray that they're... Oh, are you starting a prayer right now? <laughs> just, Dear Lord, is that what we're talking about? <laughs> Afraid so. Sorry. Uh, last week we had um, Angela Redekop from CFI Regina That's and right. uh, the Brainstorm podcast in talking about the Shift to Reason conference about atheism and skepticism. And that conference ran last week and to cap that off they presented they went down to the legislature after the conference and they presented a petition to uh the the, the commissioner there uh asking that the prayer that is said the christian prayer that's said before every meeting of the legislature mm-hmm. be ended because it's not inclusive enough it doesn't uh it doesn't represent everybody and that there should be a you know a division between church and state in the province so and, and brad wall i believe said sure We'll change that right away. Well, you know, depending on your position on this, uh, no, he didn't, oh. uh, sadly or happily. He uh, he said, uh, in fact, no, that the prayer is going to continue and uh, that he's heard no complaints, although this... Except for the complaint. Except for the big honking, you know, complaint with like right. thousands of people's names on it. Right. And uh, he, he also said that uh, if there's any group of people who need a prayer before their meetings... It's politicians. Ah, uh, yeah, kind of like well, that. We agree with that. Yeah, completely. Oh, but it, there's no reason to have a Christian prayer. Like it absolutely could be a non-denominational prayer. That's quite true. Well, you know what? I you thought know? the same thing. Yeah. So I decided to go out into the community, and I decided to track down, uh, you know, a more inclusive prayer that was more representative of everybody's like beliefs. And one that would be more suitable for, you know, more Saskatchewan-specific, a maiden Saskatchewan prayer. <laughs> and uh, I happened to stumble one night into a cocktail bar. This doesn't terrify me at all. <laughs> <laughs> and there was, this, there was this lounge singer at a piano, and he, oh, you know, he had this, he had this prayer ready. Uh, it was part of a song, and I happened to have my recording device there. And so this, this lounge singer, who is not me, Good. Has has this a Saskatchewan prayer for us that I will play for us now. Our ecumenical, non-denominational, all-encompassing sky guy of unspecified gender. 
who art in Saskatchewan, hallowed be thy name, whatever it is. I'm sorry. I'm terrible with names. I'm much better with faces. And you've always been really cagey about yours. But that's okay. I get it. Thanks for putting the potash in the ground and the oil right next to it. Very convenient. They made the last few years a breeze. And if you could bring back a $100 crude, we'd appreciate it. And I'd ask for a couple more gray cups. But I don't want to sound greedy. Give us this day our daily double-double, and forgive us our trespasses, especially all those involving bypasses. And lead us not into temptation, unless it's happy hour, and the pill is unspecial, and whoever we're going to end up going home with is at least a second cousin. I'm sorry, did I pray that out loud? If you can still see your way to deliver us from evil, please consider using Skip the Dishes. It's easy. It's online. You barely have to tip the driver, and we've a lot riding on it, frankly. I know we can count on you, because you're our pal. And thine is the new stadium. Green is the color. Football. The game. Forever and ever. Amen. Sweet. So so very sweet. I thought uh, that would be more more appropriate for the uh, Saskatchewan legislature than what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Praise Jeebus. <laughs> <laughs> Praise be. Yeah. All right. Um, oh, we should probably mention that we're on CJTR 91.3, uh, Regina Communities Radio Station, and we are the Queen City Improvement Bureau. That's true. Is that FM or AM, would you say? I'm going to... Just take us. I'm going to guess it's UHF. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> but they like to say it's 91.3 FM. Oh. Just because they're they're really particular that way. Okay. They just want to be difficult. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up on the agenda, another another improvement for our city. Uh, and this is uh, from last week's council meeting, April 25th. Uh, school zone safety committee. Now, Councillor Mike O'Donnell, uh, he has this motion that he brought forward uh, at the end of uh, last week's council meeting, and uh, it's to re- resurrect this thing called the School Zone Safety Committee. And uh, the committee uh, will be considering things like lowering speed limits in school zones, uh, because uh, what O'Donnell cited was that uh, the photo radar numbers uh, show that from March 2015 to the end of uh, February of this year, 21,543 tickets were sent out for people caught speeding in Regina's school zones. So that's like 1,795 speeding tickets a month over that time. That's a lot. It is a lot. And that's alarmed Councillor O'Donnell. He has said that, uh, you know, he's been getting a lot of phone calls about this. And uh, he has both of Regina school divisions on board with this idea. The uh, police commission is also on board with this idea to, like, look into uh, school zone safety. And um, other things that he wants to look into is uh, prohibiting passing on two-lane streets in front of a school, pedestrian signal crossings, uh, road design that calms traffic, uh, parental parking rules and appropriate signage. 
he also just notes that there's it's kind of a dog's breakfast how school zones are set up in Regina and that he'd like to have that more standardized and more prominent. Uh, one thing that he's noticed is that people know when they're coming into a school zone, but often there isn't a sign saying, you are now leaving the school zone. You, you know what I find? All, all the onus for safety appears to be on the drivers slowing mm-hmm. down. And frankly, I think that's a bit of a burden on drivers. Why not have the children speed up? That's a really, really good idea. I mean, if we could put them on sort of roller skates and give them little jetpacks, then the children would move at least as fast as the cars. Right. Actually, you know, if we, like, surrounded them in metal... Yes. ...then uh, they wouldn't get as damaged. If we could just put all the kids in their own little cars... It, precisely. This would um, this would make them much safer. Yeah, and they could they could be quite small cars, so we could just they could like actually drive them into the school, right? And just stay in the cars all day. So drive in schools. Yes. This is great. We and you could just like have a drive-through lane, mm-hmm. and you could just like drive through science. Yeah. And pick up your science on your way through the exactly. school. Exactly, and then and, pay, then, just... and then pay at the end and go. Right. I think I think this is the way to go with school zones. I don't know if Councillor O'Donnell would agree. I think I think he could be persuaded. Okay. Well, how about I just play a little bit of what Councillor O'Donnell had to say about his idea, uh, his boring idea of having uh, a committee. All right. Sure that Rosewood understands. I like your plan. I like what you're doing. Anyways, I do not have that audio. My computer is a total mess here. The Amiga is a disaster. I don't have that audio. I'm sorry. You don't? I don't. I don't have what, any audio of Councillor O'Donnell. What kind of things would O'Donnell say? Uh, basically, that he's been getting a lot of phone calls. People have been like asking him to like deal with this, and he takes it very seriously, and it's something he wants to get accomplished. But you know what? I I agree with you that this this isn't the way to go. I, I think that I think that. Uh, there's going to be an awful lot of public outcry if uh, the city council decides to like lower our speed limits. Um, and what evidence there is that uh, speed limit reductions could even reduce the number of dead or maimed children? Um, I don't have any of that evidence in front of me, so That's I don't okay. know that it even exists. Would you Would you like to hear my imitation of Councillor O'Donnell since we don't have the audio? Sure. Blah blah blah. I'm Councillor O'Donnell. Blah, blah, blah. Look at me. I am so important. I'm in council. That's pretty good. That's good. I think I've captured yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Actually, no. I. He, he's actually a well-spoken man. I'm yeah. being silly. Oh. Um. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh oh. This is a test. This is only a test. The emergency. The notify now system has become self-aware, and within two milliseconds has identified humanity as the enemy. Cower in your homes. There is no escape. Oh, wow. The yeah. uh, the emergency system there just kind of kicked in. I know. Yeah. So everybody look out. So I got to ask, are you guys prepared? We, like, we are, yeah. We're always yeah, prepared. Like, uh, this is preparedness week, right? Emergency yeah. preparedness yeah. week. So like with the, the fires in, in Fort McMurray looming potentially spreading throughout all of North America like are are you, are you ready uh, well we're ready for uh, we're ready for zombies yeah and we're ready for like uh, the vending machine being empty oh yeah uh, fires not as much but we've really got the vending machine problem like on lockdown yeah totally so mm, that's yeah probably we're totally all sad. that matters yeah I think so yeah, I mean, yeah. 
I think you stop, drop, and roll. I think that's what everybody should do when for zombies. Oh, no, fires. fires! Oh, damn! Yeah, that's I mean, that's that's. Remember that? Like, I get those confused all the time. That's, <laughs> ah, something's on fire! No, it's biting me. You know, that's yeah. It's easy to tell once it gets really close. Quick, wrap me in a in a in a rug. <laughs> that works for anything. It really does. It really does. Okay. Um, I think the last thing we should probably talk about on the agenda is that the city will not be taking over a school project it won't it will not um but then who will nobody has to really i'm completely confused okay the people who the people who are in charge of this project all along are still in charge of the project is what i'm trying to tell you so the so the the rosewood p3 uh it did it it went through it did so uh last week um the Rosewood Alliance Park Church, or sorry, the Rosewood Park Alliance Church, um, it met the city's deadline for getting the construction schedule, outstanding creditor list, financial plan, and letter of credit in the amount of $3,184,000 to the city. The reason this is a big deal is that uh, the province is building three P3 schools in Regina, one of which is in the Northwest. The plan to put that together uh, fell apart. Uh, it was going to be put into the Skywood community. The developer there balked at the uh, servicing fees that the city was going to charge it to put this in. So they backed out of the project. The city last July had to scramble and find uh, a new developer to take this on. The administration found somebody. They found Dream Developments, formerly Dundee Developments, uh, and they were going to develop an area called uh, Elmridge, I do believe. And uh, Elmridge is, you know, to the city's northwest. It's part of the new Cooperstown development, which we've talked about in meetings before, a big sort of like harbor landing-sized development in the northwest that's coming in years to come. Elmridge just sounds like they just took two random words and put them together. Well, a lot of these words sound like that, because Mm. what happened was Rosewood is actually not a developer, as they've been mentioning. They are just a church, uh, and they own uh, an area called Rosewood Park. Uh Rosewood. And um, that was approved for development. And they came forward and said, look, we could also build a school in our area. Hmm. And city council had approved that development. And so city council in the executive committee meeting decided not to go with Dreams development, uh, development that the administration had recommended and went with Rosewood Parks. And Rosewood Park had, de- had partnered with New Rock Development, to put this through and to do all the servicing to the school site. Unfortunately, this year, New Rock had to back out. And so this meant that the Rosewood Park was in danger of defaulting. <coughs> this, is very, this is very tense. This, uh, yeah, this, no, it's like it's wearing me right out. Yeah. And uh, so then what happened was uh, the... Rosewood Park asked for a whole bunch of concessions, so they'd been loaned three million. Hot dog stands. A a hot dog stand was one of the things. I think I'm. I don't remember exactly. Hot dog stand. A hot stone rub. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And they wanted to be forgiven the three million dollars they'd been loaned to uh, start to work. They snuck that in. They did between the hot stone rub and the hot dog cart. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they also wanted to get out of uh, paying the servicing fees that they mm. needed on this site. Okay. And the city was like, whoa, this is like $6 million that we're going to lose that we're going to have to like find somewhere else. 
So they said, no way. And they threatened to take over the project. And the project is basically just to provide the servicing to the school. The school itself is actually being built by the province's P3 contractor right, right. now. And if it's not finished by September of 2017, then uh, the province is in default of their you know, what they promised to have done for the contractor, and then the contractor would have a problem. And so everybody would be in trouble. And can they just build schools the old-fashioned way? Well, that's what the city would like, because what's happened is when uh, when the Rosewood Park is scrambling around trying to find a new developer to help them out, uh, the city had to help them, and they ended up investing, uh, you know, over a 1,000 hours, um, like 1,800 person hours last year, helping them get to the point where they had New Rock to work with. And then when New Rock backed out, they again had to step in and help Rosewood Park, uh, you know, work their way through the process. Rosewood Park, though, did at the last minute find a new developing partner, and that would be West Westridge Development, Westridge. Uh-huh. And they were able to meet the city's deadline last Friday at the, well, I don't know if it was the last minute I kind of like to imagine that there was like a big clock up on the wall that, that was counting way. down. Yeah. And it, like, I've seen that clock. They yeah. ha- they have one in the area where you submit grants. To, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it counts down, and then there's oh, like yeah. a there's and like boom, confetti shoots. Yeah, <laughs> yep, yeah, they have that. Yeah. yeah. So as long anyways. as they have the confetti cannon, I'm I'm happy. Or the gates that just come down and just slam shut. Yeah. <laughs> gates they come down. There's no <laughs> confetti. It's just gates. Darn. Yeah. The. The big discussion that has come out of this, though, is just this issue of the province downloading the responsibility to build schools onto the city. Uh, Previously, the province would, like, scope out a site. They would negotiate with a developer to purchase it. They would put the school on the site. What they've done now is they've downloaded a lot of that, um, you know, business work, all of that, like, busy work and paperwork and all of the scoping and dealing with plans onto the city and the city is investing like tons of money to make this work and it's all in the forms of like salary so it's coming out of operating expenses so at the end of the day when the province is able to say this p3 project was a huge success it's only going to be because the city has invested all this money that you know is in in the form of like person hours and meanwhile the uh, the province doesn't ever have to account for all of that labor that was put into this project. And so it'll always be on budget for them, but for the city, it's become a huge problem. Uh-huh. Yeah. As long as we can order takeout, you know. Exactly. Uh, I agree. Yeah. As long as we don't have to do our dishes, we can skip them. So yeah. Yeah. I'm happy. Exactly. Yeah. But that's it. So they, the project is still going ahead. Um, Mayor Fougere is concerned that this that the province is going to make this the way that they build all their schools in future, uh, and he has promised to fight this and lobby against it in, you know, the coming months. And it'll be coming up at the um, SUMA, the Saskatchewan Urban Municipalities Association, mm-hmm. and at the Big City Mayor's Caucus. So, oh. there you go. That's it. And I think we should call for adjournment because my voice is murdered. Okay. So, do we have quorum? Um, oh, hang on. Emergency, you have been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Attempt to cover your ears until the program is over. Confirmed victims this week, Marion Donnelly from the Creative City Center. Uh, infection has already spread to Twitter at Queen City IB and online at queencityib.com. Also at cjtr.ca. Please visit us, any of those places. Find us on iTunes. Find us on the web. Until then, 
keep on improving, Regina. And get ready for Nerdcore Cabaret and Sask Centric Electric and the Cockpit. <laughs> 